Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, I'm Eric Christensen, pharmacist, your host of the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. Today I'm going to cover heparin, and I've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to get right into it. Uh, heparin is, I guess, classified as a, a blood thinner in general, but um, also classified as an anticoagulant. Uh, so obviously its effects are thinning the blood. And how it does that is through the mechanism of action where it stimulates the action of antithrombin-3. And antithrombin-3 uh, is important because it inactivates thrombin. And further down that cascade, that action ultimately blocks the conversion of fibrinogen to fibrin. And fibrin is a very, very important uh, component in the formation, activation of, of clots. So um, that's how it has its, its anticoagulant activity primarily. Uh, it also has some activity uh, as far as factor 10a as well and a couple other f clotting factors um, and this degree of how much it inhibits you know thrombin versus other clotting factors uh, does vary a, a little bit but more so um, when we're comparing it to anoxaparin which is uh, lovenox which i will also cover as well here uh, coming up in the, the next few weeks so Bringing it back home with that mechanism of action, um, obviously you can think about adverse effects and the, one of the primary concerns um, whenever you use any type of blood thinning agent is going to be blood loss and, and bleeding. So it's going to be important monitoring parameter and all that sort of stuff. So why would we use a blood thinning medication? Well, obviously we're going to try to prevent blood clots in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so, you know, stroke prevention, prophylaxis, uh, DVT, PE treatment or prophylaxis, you may see it used there, uh, can be used in the, the setting of acute coronary syndrome uh, as well under certain situations. Uh, heparin flush is also something that's important that you're going to see out used in practice, and that's to maintain catheter patency, and so that's to prevent... Um, basically blood clots uh, in an IV line. And what's important to, about, you know, different indications and why we're going to use this drug, um, one very, very important thing is dosing. And I have seen some high-risk situations where inappropriate doses have been used for the wrong thing. So, for instance, a very, very low dose is used in... Um, preventing that, that blood clot in an IV line or that, that catheter line. So that's very, very important to uh, think about. It's important to recognize, and it's uh, important to remember that heparin is a very, very high-risk medication. And if something doesn't feel, you know, if you're a nurse maybe administering this medication or a pharmacist, you know, 
helping with the dosing and that sort of thing. Uh, if something doesn't feel right or you're uncomfortable with it, uh, definitely you, you've got to ask questions because errors uh, with heparin uh, certainly have been uh, reported and, and have happened. And again, it's a very high-risk thing uh, that can happen because of the uh, bleed potential as well as the potential for um, blood clots and things like that in the situation of uh, under-treatment or, or under-dosing. So very, very important to remember. Now, heparin uh, it is not an oral medication. It's given uh, IV or sub-Q. Uh, IM is actually not recommended due to uh, pain and hematoma risk. Uh, dosage adjustments, normally we think about uh, primarily kidney, but also maybe liver. Uh, heparin uniquely uh, doesn't have any dose adjustments with uh, those situations, so that's a very um, advantageous thing. We don't need to, to worry about that quite as much. Uh, now, there is some, you know, a little bit of caution warning as patients get older in our elderly patient population you know, they they may be a little bit more sensitive to the, the blood thinning effect of heparin. So uh, uh, caution is advised, I guess, maybe a little closer monitoring on bleed risk, things of that nature uh, with our elderly uh, patient population. Uh, let's get into uh, adverse drug reactions because that's so, so important. Um, and there's uh, a classically tested uh, drug interaction that you're going to see. So uh, first, I kind of talked about bleeding already. I'll talk about that in drug interactions, throw out some meds as well uh, with that. So you got to remember that, uh, that anytime you use any sort of blood thinning medication, it's going to increase the risk of bleed. Uh, the adverse effect I want to take a good chunk of time here to talk about is heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. So this is kind of a, a rare, I think if I recall right, estimates are 1% to 2%. Um, so it's a, a pretty low risk uh, as far as heparin-induced thrombocytopenia goes. Um, but heparin-induced thrombocytopenia type 2 is a very, very high-risk situation. So talking about uh, type 2 heparin-induced thrombocytopenia... This is actually the situation where um, it's an immune system type reaction that forms these complexes uh, with a factor called PF4 and antibodies. And these complexes can actually uh, kind of coagulate or increase the risk of blocking off blood supply and forming um, blood clots. And this can increase the risk of thrombosis, which is kind of counterintuitive to actually using the drug, where the drug is actually bl blood thinning the way it works and mechanistically. But if you get this immune reaction, we can actually increase the risk of uh, thrombosis uh, clot and clot formation there. So very, very um, unique reaction, like I said, but can be very, very serious and life-threatening. Uh, in some cases as well there. Now the, the timing of this reaction is important because there is a heparin-induced thrombocytopenia type 1, and that's a drop in platelets, uh, more so in, in an acute type situation, within a day or two maybe of starting that heparin. And typically that's not going to be clinically a big deal, 
But if you see kind of a little bit more delayed onset of that thrombocytopenia, um, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia type 2, that's the serious one, that's going to take uh, typically multiple days to develop. Maybe in that, you know, 5 to, you know, 10 to 15 day range is when heparin-induced thrombocytopenia type 2 uh, is going to develop. So very, very important on that timing of platelet drop and monitoring and assessing for that in trying to recognize uh, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Now, I did want to add with that uh, delayed onset heparin-induced thrombocytopenia type 2, uh, that's typically with an initial uh, dosing of that heparin and not with a redosing. With redosing, so somebody who's had heparin-induced thrombocytopenia before and now you give them heparin again for some odd <laughs> reason that happens or by mistake or something, uh, that reaction could happen uh, much more quickly, you know, than that, you know, four or five plus day period. It could happen within uh, a couple days if it's somebody who uh, has those anti antibodies already developed. Uh, so again, a very, very rare situation that, that would ever happen um, and likely be an error or something. Um, but that is an important uh, thing to note. So a couple other unique uh, adverse drug reactions, I would say they aren't uh, very common at all, but something to uh, think about and something I've maybe seen come up on uh, pharmacology and board certification exams uh, is the fact that heparin is associated with elevating potassium levels. So that's uh, something to think about. Um, obviously, you know, there are certain patient populations that may be at higher risk already. So I think of chronic kidney disease as a classic example of a patient that may be at risk for hyperkalemia already. And, you know, maybe that heparin bumps them up a little bit further, maybe more so closer to a danger zone with that level. So, again, not incredibly common, uh, but it is something that is associated uh, with heparin. And the mechanism behind that is it actually uh, suppresses or blocks uh, aldosterone production. So if you remember aldosterone antagonists, um, they raise potassium levels. Um, heparin kind of has that, that similar, um, or at least works on a similar pathway there. Another unique adverse effect uh, is heparin can increase the risk of osteoporosis. Now this is typically going to be with long-term use so months of use, uh, which, you know, nowadays heparin isn't typically used long term. So that's, again, very, very rare adverse effect, but kind of a unique one uh, to heparin if it is uh, used long term there. Uh, the bleed risk I kind of talked about already, uh, obviously probably the most common adverse effect. Uh, I did want to mention that there is an antidote uh, to the use of heparin, and that certainly has come up on uh, test questions before throughout my pharmacy career, and that drug is uh, protamine uh, that can be used to kind of counteract uh, the effects of heparin. I did want to mention uh, medication errors. Again, heparin comes in multiple, multiple strengths, and I do remember a, a situation where uh, I believe it was a nurse was trying to use uh, heparin flush 
which is a much, much lower dose, obviously, and use it as a sub-Q dose for a patient. Uh, for, I think it was DVT prophylaxis, if I recall right. But you've got to remember um, that heparin is a high-risk medication. There are numerous concentra concentration strengths available. And if you aren't comfortable with the math and what we're doing and calculating a dose, uh, you've definitely got to double check and, and ask somebody else to, to help you out uh, with that uh, calculation. Monitoring is, is going to be important. So platelets, I certainly mentioned with uh, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. If you've got any sort of blood loss, certainly we're thinking about, you know, CBC and contained within that is, you know, hemoglobin and hematocrit. Uh, bleeding. So just watching, you know, the patient, observing the patient, uh, signs of, of bleeding and bruising are, are pretty obvious with this medication. Uh, APTT uh, or anti-factor 10A, you may see these uh, utilized uh, or probably will uh, with the, the use of, of heparin. Uh, I'm not going to get, you know, into the weeds as far as which ones uh, go, um, which ones are, are typically used in, in different situations because that's a whole uh, podcast in itself. But, um, you know, cost of the test, variability of the test, you know, what we're, we're doing, what we're treating, um, all sorts of different factors, what diagnosis conditions uh, the, the patient has. If they've got heparin uh, resistance, you may see, you know, different testing utilized. So uh, it's a little bit complex, and I, I may actually consider doing a, a blog post on this at meded101.com um, up in the, the future as well of, you know, why one test might be used versus the other. Um, but just know that those um, tests may be utilized uh, in the monitoring of heparin. Uh, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, meded101.com. Uh, if you're in the market for resources uh, for pharmacist board certification like BCPS, uh, BCACP, BCGP, uh, NAPLEX as well, uh, we've got great resources uh, with our NAPLEX com content specifically. Uh, you can check out our website, rxgrad.com. Uh, we've actually got a free 10-day uh, giveaway uh, where if you subscribe, uh, to our email list. We've got 10 days of, of content coming out, uh, free quizzes, tables, things of, of that nature to help you uh, prepare for that NAPLEX exam. So really neat resources. So um, links to all that, meded101.com slash store. Finishing up on drug interactions here. Uh, so that bleed risk, I mean, that's the, the most obvious drug interaction. So um, Specifically, maybe more so in our geriatric patients, they're, they've got, you know, multiple chronic conditions, problems. You know, I think about any other anticoagulants. Um, typically, we're not going to be using those together. Uh, the exception, you know, might be conversion or something like that. But your, um, you know, your warfarins, your pixabans, your rivaroxabans, uh, some of those anticoagulants, excuse me, um, aspirin, uh, Plavix, a couple of common agents, antiplatelet agents used that could increase that bleed risk. Uh, NSAIDs, another kind of classic example uh, that could increase that bleed risk as well. And I did also mention, um, as far as drug interactions go, uh, that hyperkalemia risk. So I do think about a patient that may be at higher risk. Uh, I mentioned uh, chronic kidney disease, but also as far as drug interactions go, uh, you think about some of the other agents that may uh, raise potassium levels, um, that's certainly something to consider. So your ACEs, your ARBs, 
uh, your aldosterone antagonist, maybe a trimethoprim, um, and then obviously any patient on a potassium supplement already and or is maybe borderline um, elevated on the, the higher side of, of potassium, heparin certainly could uh, exacerbate that risk. That's going to wrap up the, the podcast for today. Uh, if you love the show, leave a, a rating review on iTunes. It's greatly, uh, greatly appreciated. We've got the giveaway at reallifepharmacology.com. It's a top 200 study guide. It's a 31-page PDF. So a big PDF where I highlight really, really highly testable um, pearls and uh, nuggets as far as um, education goes and things that come up on uh, pharmacology and uh, board exams. Uh, throughout your career. So go snag that for free. That'll also uh, get you set up to get uh, emails when we've got a new uh, podcast available. So thanks so much for listening. You can find me, uh, your host, Eric Christensen on LinkedIn. Uh, Feel free to connect with me there and I will uh, let you go. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.